get them out and find with me the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I, w- I want to continue today. I didn't know going into this series that I would teach this subject this long. But, you know, you, it's like when you get going really fast down the highway, you have to apply lots of brakes just to, just to stop. <laughs> and we've got momentum, and it's hard to stop. And I know they always used to say where I, where I went to Bible college, they would say they taught us how to start, but not how to stop, you know, when it comes to preaching. <laughs> so I know how to stop. You're not going to be here all day. There's a third service that forces my hand. <laughs> Nevertheless, this series, I'm fired up about it still, and I want to I give you some more today. This series is called Healing Basics, all right? If you're new with us, we're glad you're jumping in on part nine, and, uh, and it'll be a blessing to you, but get the other parts if you're interested in learning more about this. Right now, I think more than ever, we, we need to focus our minds on the healing power of God, the, the promises, the redemptive realities, and that is because... Uh, people are so disease conscious. I mean, every time someone sniffles or sneezes or coughs, everyone's checking. <laughs> Wonder if they have the Rona, <laughs> you know, and people are doing that to themselves too. You know, it's like they eat their food and go, now, did I taste that fully? And, and uh, listen, being disease conscious is not a good thing. It's really not, and we're surrounded by it. I want to, if I could get the world to turn off their television for a few weeks, I think we could solve the problem. <laughs> and, and people just filling their minds and their thoughts in every conversation. I mean, I know you got to talk about it some, a little bit here and there, but we're overdoing it. And what we're doing is, again, we're becoming more conscious of sickness and disease and less conscious of the healer. Of the greater one who lives on the inside of us. And so, at least for a few minutes, I'm going to try to flip the script and, uh, and let's get focused on, and I encourage you to do this all week. Seriously. Seriously, don't count the numbers every day. Count the scriptures. Count the promises. Amen. Let, let me get into this so we, have, we can get to where I need to go. Uh, I've established already that God wants you to be well, and it's a part of his redemptive plan of salvation, and uh, the fact that there are no exceptions to this. Um, But today, I want to get into reception, okay? I'm talking about implementing what God has provided. I'm uh, I'm, I'm talking about appropriation, meaning, meaning we make use of what the Lord has given us, what he has provided uh, through his death and resurrection and ascension. And, uh, and, and this, is, this is something we all need to know how to function in, okay? It's one thing for healing to be available or to be made a, a part of the Christian life. It's another thing for us to experience it. And that's ultimately what I'm looking for, not just uh, having good, good theology. I want that. I want to see God clearly. I want to see him correctly. But ultimately, if my theology does not produce a living experience, maybe it's off, or maybe there's a component missing, all right? I want you not only to know about healing, be able to see the scriptures and be able to state it with boldness, but also enjoy it in your own life, but also live well, be able to minister to others and, and help people with the healing power of God, all right? Now, the, the primary law that governs 
uh, our ability to walk in divine healing is the law of faith. Okay, Romans 3 calls it a law of faith. Uh, That is the invisible hand that reaches into the spirit and brings things into the sense realm. All right, we're not supposed to live by what we see and feel. We're supposed to live by what God said. It overrides everything. We consider everything we see and feel to be subject to the word of the Lord. And there are many times in our lives where what we see, what we feel, it is in direct opposition to what the Lord said. And you say, I don't understand this. What, the Lord said this, but yet this is my experience. That's why we teach. That's why we, we give attention to these matters so we know how to make invisible things go, hi, here I am. In other, in other words, manifest in the physical world. We're simply, again, laying hold of something in the invisible realm and bringing it into the seen realm, all right? It's kind of like like this. We are not trying to make something happen or something exist that isn't already there, all right? We're, we're speaking of something that God already created and made available in similar fashion to our needs being met. Very popular scripture is, is uh, Philippians 4.19. Remember that one? It says, uh, Paul wrote, he said, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, God supplying our need might be a sufficient statement, but he tells us, gives us some insight that the provision has already been made. We're not seeking, we're not drawing on something that doesn't exist. He said, I have this thing called riches in glory. I use that to supply your need. So whenever we have need in this life, we are basically accessing something that God saw ahead of time to make available. Just like when you, when you have people over to your house for dinner, you go to the grocery store before they get there. Don't you? Why? You don't want to run out of stuff. You have a, you have a plan. This is what we're going to make. This is, these are the, the main course, the side dishes, the dessert. These are the things they're going to snack on when they come in, right? You make lots of preparations so that when they come, everything's ready. Yeah? God did that. He did that for us. He did that to meet our needs. Healing is similar. This is already fact. It's already true. It's already been made available to all people. We are simply uh, accessing it or we are putting a demand on it. And when we do this, this is called uh, using our faith. All right. Now, d- did I tell you where to go already? Matthew chapter 9. Uh, I want you to notice this account of these blind guys getting healed. Okay. Matthew 9 verse 27 When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. So isn't that kind of cool that blind guys followed him? (laughs) You know they're the real deal. Yeah, it's kind of like the the, the guy on the, the, the sick bed. His friends brought him and dropped him through the roof. You know people are serious when they're doing stuff like that. You know, when, when you see people uh, come to our services or come to a healing service and they pull up in an ambulance, come on. 
I'm like, yeah. Or they got to get help. You know, they're getting help. Just get me to that meeting. I, I get stirred up when I see that. I think someone is serious about this, and they're about to have a meeting with God. So the blind guys are following Jesus. Yeah, it's real. And verse 28, and when he, when he had come into their house, uh, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Do you like that positivity? Do you like that absolute statement? Not, well, I'm sure hoping you've got the goods. I really want this to work out for us. I mean, we've been blind for a while, and it's very inconvenient when following you. Uh, <laughs> no, they just, real quick, real straight to the point, yes. How many know sometimes people answer more than they need to? <laughs> it was just a two words, that, that'd be sufficient. Yeah. You going to get healed today? I'm not telling you what to say, but I'm saying if you have a good answer, it's probably short. Mm, yes. If you need to explain for four paragraphs, you're probably not ready. They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes. Why did he touch their eyes then? Because they gave a very short, succinct, and correct, positive, faith-filled answer. Jesus didn't have to say anything else. Well, how long have you guys been blind? Well, what do you really believe? No, no, that was necessary. They, out, out of their heart came a good answer. And so he reached out to them and said, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. Here's the answer I want to analyze today. Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be to you. Now, I want you to notice that uh, that answer is succinct as well. It's straight to the point. It's simple. Many people have believed otherwise. They have said, they have thought that, uh, that Jesus healed people selectively based upon his will. That's not what happened here. That's not what Jesus said. They have, they have thought that Jesus uh, healed people just to prove that he was the son of God. But then he's misleading people by saying this if that's the case. Okay. He wasn't trying to prove that he was the son of God. Now, it, there is truth in this reality that Jesus' works did bear witness of where he came from. Okay, in fact, the scripture says that in, in, in uh, John chapter 5, put that up. Uh, he said, but I have a greater witness than John's for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. But that's different than that being the primary motivation. Because we read in other places uh, that he, Jesus, was moved with compassion on them and healed the sick. I, I want you to know, why does the Lord want you well? Why should we want each other to be well? Out of compassion, because pain stinks. And disability and being laid up and not being able to live a full life, that's not comfortable. No one likes it. What should move us? Again, not trying to prove something, but having compassion for people. 
That should be our motivation in doing what we do. And this was Jesus' motivation, okay? Uh, by the way, that same statement is also true about us. I know we apply it to Jesus without having any issue with it. Sometimes people get nervous when we take statements about Jesus and apply them to us too. This, this is what I mean. He said, the works that I do, that the Father gave to me, he said, they bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Well, what bears witness to you that the Father has sent you? He was the Son of God, but now God has many kids. And if you've been born again, there needs to be something coming out of your life that demonstrates where you come from, too. And yes, it's character. Yes, it's love and mercy and kindness and all those type of things. But I tell you, it's also power. And the worse it gets in our world, the more we need you. The more the kingdom of God needs you to step up to the plate. And so people can say, yeah, they're a nice guy. But also, there's something about when they pray. There's something about them. I mean, there's something really there. It's powerful. And I, I look forward to more and more skeptical people coming into our services and into your life. Yeah? Why? Because God wants to show himself strong. He wants to give them something very real to come to grips with, and they can wrestle with it in their mind all day long, but they'll have to say, but I know God's real. I know something happened. Amen. As atheism supposedly rises in our day, let's bring a head-on confrontation with the power of God and say, why don't you wrap your brain around this? I don't mean that in a mean or arrogant way. I'm just saying God is real, and he wants to show himself to people. And when we walk in this, when we do this, and we have testimonies galore, people have something to answer. Because they, they cannot say nothing happened. They cannot say that wasn't real. They may have some arguments that they got in that university that put them 200000 in debt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, 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 they, but they know that God is real. They know something is happening. Amen. But back to my point. Why did Jesus say that these guys, that their eyes opened? He said it's because they believed they would be. That's kind of like simple. That's not complicated. They believed they would be, and Jesus said that's the reason they were opened. Let, 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 me, let me illustrate by saying what he didn't say. Jesus did not say, according to my faith be it unto you. Now, of course, Jesus had faith. Jesus had strong faith. Very interesting, though, that he didn't point to it. He didn't say, you guys, you, just, you, you stumbled in the right house at the right time because I am full of faith. He did not say that was the reason you got your healing. He said it was your faith, not my faith. Wow. He didn't say... According to God's power, let it be to you. Do you know that we're not healed according to God's power? Now, we acknowledge that God's power is essential. We don't heal ourselves. We're not the origin of life or healings or miracles. God's power is necessary. But unlike the natural power systems of our day, he's always on. Right? No one ran into the telephone pole, uh, you know, the power pole in heaven and shut things down for a while. His power is a constant. He is almighty God. But if we were healed according to God's power, everybody at all times would be fully well. 
Y'all are quiet on that one. God's power necessary? Yes. Can we count on it? Always being on? Yes. Yeah. But Jesus didn't say that that was the reason. He didn't say, uh, according, according to your need, let it be to you. According to your need. Just having a need does not guarantee that need will be met. Just having a deficit does not mean that God automatically is going to solve that in your life. That's not what Jesus pointed to. Many, many needs around the world today. Maybe some needs in here. Okay, that's not enough. We have to go beyond having a need. Now, obviously, you can't get healed if there's not a problem. But you don't need it. You don't care about it. You don't, you don't want it. But just having a need is not enough. He didn't say it according to your need. He didn't say it was according to your desire. Well, I really want this. I really want, I want God to move in my life. I want him to make me well, make me free. Well, that's an honorable desire. And our desires are significant. What you want, you go after. If you desire something, you pursue it. If you have no interest in God today, you're already looking at your clock. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> I'm just saying our desires are important. If you pursue him, that, that is important. But just because you want it, that's, that's not sufficient to guarantee that you're going to have it or experience it. Amen. Jesus didn't say, according to your worth, let it be to you. In other words, you're good enough. You blind guys? Man, you are so awesome. You are so holy. You, so, you try so hard. You've been faithful to, you know, in their synagogue. You've been faithful to give your tithe. You, you, you're, just, you're, you're just worthy of this healing. You deserve it. How many know if that's our approach to the Lord, we're missing his kingdom ways? I am not forgiven, I'm not saved, I'm not accepted, I'm not loved, I'm not healed or blessed in any way because I'm good enough. Those things come on his side of the, the equation. That's called grace, yeah? So, so, so Jesus didn't point to these guys being good enough. If you think, well, I've been coming to church, man, I've been, I've been doing better. I should be healed. Stop. Don't even pray right now. Got to turn this around to focus on his grace, on his gift, not your own worthiness to receive it. Now, here, here's another thing he didn't say. Jesus didn't say to the blind guys, according to God's will, let it be to you. Why didn't he say that? Because that wasn't the issue. That's not what caused it. But how many people today say, well, if God really wants this to happen, it'll happen. If it's really God's will, it'll happen in your life. That's not what Jesus taught. That's not what he said to people. If that were true, Jesus should have told us this because people like me are going to take him at his word. And I'm going to think it's according to their faith, not God's will. So, so my question is then, was Jesus correct in that statement? Was he just making conversation, throwing words out? Or was that really how it works? It really was their faith. Now, to show you that this is not an isolated uh, concept, 
I didn't just find one verse, although I wouldn't want to dismiss it, but I didn't just find this in one verse and say, okay, let's just act like this applies to everybody. It does apply to everybody, and you will see that Jesus commonly used this language with people. He was the miracle worker. He was the healer, right? But he kept pointing after someone would get healed and said, nice job, man. Way to go. You believed. You have strong faith. Here we go. And he kept doing that again and again. So for us to think otherwise would be inconsistent with, with his words. I'll give you a few examples. We won't read the stories. I'll just give you the, the punchline. Matthew 15, 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, don't you be pointing to people's faith if that's not what did it. But Jesus was pointing accurately. And the woman went away saying, yeah, but what I believed was important here. My daughter's free now because of what I believed. Mark 10, 52. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Luke 17, 19, and he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And so again, Jesus again and again and again is pointing to the individual's belief as being the cause of what took an invisible truth, reality, and provision and made it their experience. So if their faith brought healing to them, what will yours do? What is this opening up the door to? What's the potential of your life in your future? I mean, if you can get blind eyes to open, that last one was a leprosy issue. If you can get leprosy to, issue, to, to, to leave with your faith, you can, you can choose to believe something. Again, not something that we're grabbing out of the air, but something that God really said. If you can use your faith, and it'll take the invisible and make it your experience. Oh, I tell you, th this is opening up the potential of our lives wide open. I tell you, anything can happen now. Yeah. Did they have some kind of uh, superior ability to believe back then? I mean, in this regard, we, uh, we value education and knowledge so much that sometimes in that process, we, we take emphasis away from believing. And we approach God mentally like he's just a mind. Just, we're just going to learn about him and learn the formula. So we have a disadvantage maybe in that regard. But as far as faith, the potential of our belief, it is not less than theirs. If anything, it's more. And why is that? Because of Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If faith, comes, faith in God comes from hearing God, how much did they hear God versus how much do we hear God? They had what we call the Old Testament now. And if, I mean, and accessing it on scrolls and all that kind of stuff, a little bit of a challenge. They couldn't pull it up on their phone. They couldn't listen to the audio. <laughs> and that's just the Old Testament. Now we have the Gospels. Now we have the entire New Testament. We have the ability to hear God's word so much more, which means we also have the potential to believe on a greater level. There's more to believe. The more you've heard from God, the more you can believe what he said. 
But I'm thinking, if back then their faith was sufficient to open blind eyes, to make the lame to walk, come on, if their faith was sufficient, what do you think we could pull off? I mean, God's power is the same. We have a covenant that's better. Better covenant established upon better promises. We got the blood of Jesus. We're resurrected with him. We are children of the most high God. What can we believe? I'm thinking we ought to be seeing more than this, not less. Everybody okay today? I hope this is stirring you to think this is easy. Say it out loud. Say, their faith got them healed. So my faith will get me healed. Same principle. Amen. Same principle. It works for all of us. Now, if someone said, uh, well, I disagree with you. Stop for a moment. I don't mind you disagreeing with me. But I'm not giving you my opinion here. I don't want you to come to grips with that. We are reading scriptures. We are, we are, we are quoting Jesus. I can be wrong, but Jesus is right. If he said this, just my recommendation, go with it. And the person says, well, if that's really true, though, what about, you know, so-and-so? And everyone knows so-and-so. their parents had name, naming challenges. <laughs> Maybe someone should just do that. Mm-hmm. What does he look like to you? So and so. But everyone, what about this person? They were a person of great faith and yet they didn't get their healing or they died early. What about them? Stop for a moment. Are we going to elevate an experience of which we know in part above a direct statement of which we see clearly in full. We have to keep God right. We have to keep the word of the Lord as our standard. Uh, We follow each other. We follow examples. I'm a pastor. I try to be a good example, but I'm not a perfect example. Anyone you know, anyone you see that has, you know, walked in this or not walked in, they are not the same as the word of the Lord. There are, there's something about their life you don't know fully. You don't know completely what's in their heart. I'm just saying there are questions sometimes when someone else doesn't get it. That is not my standard. If that's my standard, I'm going to follow them into that same experience. But if I keep Jesus right, make him my example. He told me how these blind guys got healed. He told me how these other people got healed. And he is not pulling any punches here. He's saying they believe the right thing and they got it. I'm going to let that just be the standard period. If they did it, I can do that. I can believe the right thing. But here's the challenge again. Someone said, are you saying that if someone didn't get it, that their, their faith, there was something wrong in their faith. They didn't believe right. They didn't have enough faith. Stop. What motivates us to think like that and say things like that is our, st- our, our crazy <laughs> culture that is so easily offended and will never accept something being wrong with us. 
We want everything that, that, that we couldn't fix to be outside of our control, and one of the favorite scapegoats is God. Well, God did this. Well, he's the reason. Then why didn't Jesus say that? Why didn't he say, these guys got healed, you just, I mean, the father, he wanted to do that for you, and someone else he didn't. He did not teach that. And if we embrace this, I'm never wrong about anything, and my beliefs are perfect, and there's never anything off in my faith at all. What are we doing? I mean, are we really that perfect? I think a better approach is this. Man, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what we're missing it here, but Lord, you're right. What worked for them will work for me. Help, help me to see it. If, I, if I'm missing it, show me, but I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to believe what you said will come to pass in my life. And in this process of me seeking, he's going to reveal to me and show to me, and I'm going to end up enjoying the benefits of what he provided. Amen. amen. Now, if you can never be wrong, then I can, then amen, the end. <laughs> I don't, we don't really have much to talk about. I just tell you, if we acknowledge that God is perfect and holy and always right, and that we are the ones adapting, now we, now we can have a conversation. Now we can grow. Now we can learn. Now we can receive, even if we haven't in the past. Amen. Remember that woman that had that, that, that uh, 12-year bleeding issue? And uh, she came to Jesus. I don't want to read the whole story. I'll just give you the punchline on that one too. She came up behind in the crowd, touched the hem of his garment. Mark 5, 34, and he said to her daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. There he goes again, acting like their faith did it. Well, so if we said that now, people would say, well, I think you, just, you should just say God did it. I think you should just say Jesus healed her. Then why didn't he say that? He's not being dishonorable, disrespectful. Jesus himself said, I can do nothing except my father gives it. And, and, and so the power of God and great miracles, and he, he would point to this and say, daughter, your faith did that for you. If her faith did it for me, for her, my faith will do it for me. Come on, say it. My faith, my faith will make me well. Someone needs to say it again because you don't believe it. Say it again. My faith, My faith will make me well. Make me say it one more time. Say, My faith, My faith will, make me well. will make me well. People have too much self-doubt. You're not the source of it, but your faith is in God. But you can do this. You can walk in this. You can believe God. You can trust him. It's a choice you make, but you can do it. So well, I'm tempted to do otherwise. We all are, especially if it hurts. Especially if there's a diagnosis staring us, down the, uh, staring us in the face. We're all tempted to believe what we see and feel and set God's word aside. But no, I'm going to keep God's word enthroned in my heart and make him right and let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. We're not going to bow and let, and let some physical thing be the final word about my life. I'm going to say, God, no, your word is final. Let me show you one more thing. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Hallelujah. He is so good. 
We're talking about appropriation, making use of what has been provided. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul writes to him, he says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want you to consider what our fight is. It's not only a good fight, it's a faith fight. Many times today, people will explain their circumstance by, by saying, I am battling, I'm in a fight with, then you fill in the blank of the condition, cancer, you know, some other type of serious disease like that. I'm a fighter, I'm battling this. Not for you. Jesus already battled these things and won. The devil has already been defeated. So I'm not fighting, and this is a mental shift for some. I'm fighting this disease, I'm fighting this, this. No, no, Jesus fought it. He defeated it. My fight is a faith fight. Let me say it another way. It's spiritual in nature, and I'm in, I am in a fight to keep myself believing in God's word over what I see and feel. Some of us, or all of us at times, need to put up a good fight there. It's a faith fight. I'm not going to let every symptom come out of my mouth. I am going to speak the word only. And let that be my guide. Let that be the standard by which I'm going to live. Hallelujah. This, this scripture gives us an idea of an aggression that sometimes people lack. An assertiveness, an aggression. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Just the word fight in and of itself. That's not sitting on the couch. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Physically, it wouldn't be. Spiritually, you can do this on the couch. <laughs> fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Think, what, what is that? What, what do you picture there? Lay hold. Grab that thing. Sink your mittens into that, into that thing. I'm going to grab it and I'm not going to let it go. If there's opposition, if someone's on the other side pulling back, you're going to grip harder. Right? You ever play tug of war? I'm going to dig in harder. I'm going to get my feet in there. I'm going to lay hold of this and I'm not going to let it go. The passive among us sometimes miss some of the blessings of God because at when there's a little bit of opposition and it comes to your mind, comes to your body, there go, oh, well, I just want, I just, I just let God be in control of this. Stop it, stop it. Don't do that because he already turned this over to you. He wants you to grab onto it and, and hold on. For you to recognize he promised this, he delivered it to me in Christ, and now it's out there just available. Provision has been made for my well-being. I'm going to get this. And I'm not going to let it go until I see it and feel it and enjoy it in the physical world. That attitude, I tell you, when I see people act like that, and I have, people have come into our services, people have come into our healing meetings, and their verbiage is, I'm getting this tonight. I'm getting my healing tonight. I'm like, 
You, you, you other pastors, you pray for everyone else. I'm praying for this person. <laughs> Why? Because it's so easy. Boop. And bam, just like that, ears open up. Bam, just like that. Uh, bodies are made whole. They're made well. Do you have that inside of you? Jesus used interesting language when he, when he talked about the kingdom of God suffering violence. And he said, and the violence, the violence, take it by force. What does that mean? You see the attitude, don't you? Taking things. I'm not talking about twisting God's arm. You can never twist God's arm. It's too big. I can't even twist Pastor PJ's arm. <laughs> Let alone God's arm. No, we're talking about things he has freely given. And we're saying, I'm going to get that. I'm going to take one of those for myself right now. One of the most famous scriptures on faith, I'm going to try to finish with this, is, is, is uh, Mark eleven twenty four, And Jesus said there, he said, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So the having them being in the physical realm that we see and feel is contingent on believing that you have them. Everybody sees that. We could teach a lot on that, on that verse. But the believing comes first. But what's interesting to me, and I want to draw one point out of this today, is, is the word receive. That same word, the Greek word translated receive, Okay, receive, that's a good word. It's not a bad translation. But in other places in the New Testament, that word is translated take. So it wouldn't be incorrect to say it this way. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you take them and you'll have them. What if I don't believe that I take it? Then you won't have them. I need to believe that I take it. Now, remember the woman, the blood issue, 12 years, bleeding. If you read the whole story, Mark chapter five, she heard about Jesus, so forth. She pressed through the crowd and she went up there, snuck up on Jesus, took her healing. She, she touched the hem of his garment. She, how rude. I mean, she didn't ask him. She didn't inquire. She didn't, Lord, if you will. She wasn't saying, have mercy on me. Nothing wrong with that. She just snuck up there and took it. And you remember how Jesus responded? You, I can't believe you just took that, you thief. <laughs> you can't just act like you can take healings anytime you want. He didn't say that, did he? In fact, he commended her. And neither is God rebuking you or, I, or me. If we say, Lord, I'm taking one of these. Jesus paid for it. He took stripes on his back. He suffered. This is a part of your plan. I know that. So here's the thing. I will not be denied. I'm taking myself a healing. If Jesus commended her, he'll commend you too. People who have this tenacity inside of them that says, I'm going to get mine and I will not be defeated. I will not quit. I will not be denied. I'm laying hold of eternal life today. Hallelujah. And heaven stands up and says, there's another one. 
they got it. She has it there. She gets this. She figured out how this works. And everyone lifts their hands to the Lord and he is magnified and he is praised. When we lay hold of what he has given. Amen. Say this out loud with me. Say, I'm a child of God. Jesus paid for my healing. It is now my redemptive right. And I will not be denied. I lay hold of my healing. I take it by faith. And I believe that my body right now is changing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is how to appropriate. Amen. Some of you, your healing just started right there when you said it. Some of you just said it, and there's nothing wrong with you, and you're just practicing. <laughs> Others, you said it, and right there, you just intersected the power of God. It was all, it's always available. He's always present. He's always here. And you just grabbed a hold of it, and some, it started changing. Right there. Boom, boom, boom. In your body. It's correcting those, it, those issues right now. Amen. And sometimes you see it go whoop, all the way to 100% in an instant. And if you don't, it doesn't matter because it's changing every step you take, every breath you take, every minute of every hour. It's changing, 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 changing. So how do I know that's happening? No, you just agree that it is. You say that it is. It's changing right now. Someone, comes, someone will come to you and say, I don't see any difference. You look like you're just as bad as you ever were. <laughs> say, well, you'll see. Because it's changing right now. It's changing. The life of God right now is working in my body. I've just intersected God's healing power. You'll see. I'll be walking on this again. You'll see. I'll be seeing. I'll be hearing. I'll be, I'll be eating. I'll be, doing, I'll be doing these things normal again. You'll see because it's working in me right now. So how do you know? Because I grabbed it. I took one. I don't mean that people can't be healed through prayer. But I'm telling you the basics of faith say, say this. You recognize what's available, and you just go get one. The table has been set, and when the potatoes are sitting there in the big bowl, you just dip in. You don't even have to ask anymore. You've been invited to the table. You don't even have to ask anymore. You just kind of reach over and get yourself a scoop of that. Amen. And then cover it with gravy. <laughs> just because it's the will of God. <laughs> Father, thank you for working in our lives today. You're so good to us. Thank you for your graciousness, your kindness towards us. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're helping us to see it so we can walk in it and enjoy your best all the days of our lives. What we don't get, what we don't see and understand, we trust that you, you know how everything works. And you're showing us, you're revealing us, you're helping us to walk in your best. For this, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. You do all things well, and we acknowledge your goodness. We acknowledge your healing 